That's what we all came for, the word of God to speak to our lives. And he's here. You know, that's, that's what we, we sing. That's why we worship we, when he comes, because you brought him here, right? You've got the Holy Ghost. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you brought him here with you. When you was getting ready, young sisters doing your hair, picking out your clothes, your mind was on the service, how the service was, he was dwelling with you. He was abiding with you. And when you got in the car and you, you, your mom and dad brought you here or your brother or you drove yourself, he was with you. When you come through them doors, he came with you. That's why we worship, that's why we sing, to worship the one you brought with you. To give praises to the one that you brought with you. So tonight, with we're going to keep feeding on that. We're going to keep worshiping that. You can worship that with amens. With raising your hands. By glorifying God where the word is coming forth. So we're going to have Brother Jesse keep singing that song. And I, I really appreciate Brother Andrew taking his time to come on, on a holiday weekend to come be with us. I, I know some of you have heard Brother Andrew. Some of y'all have said Brother Andrew's your favorite. So he's... Uh, He's here, so he's here. So let's just enter into to, to worship. Let's enter into the word as Brother Jesse sings that song. We'll bring Brother Andrew out. Word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes to see your majesty. Washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place. So please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God, speak. Would you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place. So please let me stay and rest in your holiness. A word of God It's our desire here tonight is that the word of the Lord would speak to us. Amen. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord with you today. We certainly count it a privilege to be standing before 
the bride of Jesus Christ. As, as young people, we counted a privilege to be able to speak to God's young people. And God bless you, Sister Mariah. So good to see you. And, and you know, you're very special people. You know, when Brother Branham was up there on that mountain and getting ready to hear what the, to go back east and reveal the seals that the angel said something specifically about the young people, he said, especially about those young people. And you're a special class of people, and we counted it such an honor to be standing with you today in this hour. And just want to say, God bless you. We bring greetings from our home church, Full Gospel Lighthouse, and our, our pastor, Brother Ron Spencer. And, and uh, he just wants to send his greetings to you and just say, God bless you. We certainly appreciate Brother Joe inviting us and uh, uh, having us come here. We've you guys have been a part of our family forever, and uh, we just counted an honor that Brother Donnie would open up the services here for this this weekend. So how many has a need that you'd like to make known unto the Lord here tonight? Amen. God sees each and every one of your hands. So amen. Let's just talk to the master tonight and invite him to come and take the service. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. Lord, it means so much to us, Lord, to recognize that, Lord, that your presence is here, Father, and, and that you're doing special, very special things right here in this moment, Lord. And we just ask, Lord, that you would come and, Lord, take control of this service, Lord, every person and every ability that has went in to make this service possible. We want you to come, Father, and put your blessings upon this weekend, Father. I believe, God, that you have something very uh, particular in store here tonight, Lord. And we just ask, Lord, that you would come down in a very supernatural way and begin to express yourself through your word, Lord. I, I don't know all of these young people. I've stood before them many a times, Lord Jesus, in different places, Father. And I've watched you work in their lives. But, Lord, they've come back again one more time, Lord, to ask you that you administer to them in a supernatural way. Lord, let us just step aside and may the Holy Spirit get in the word tonight and may we just get into a channel where you can pour out your spirit like never before. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, we'd like to look in a couple portions of scripture in the Old Testament here in the book of Genesis chapter 22 and verse 13, just one scripture there. Also Exodus Chapter 2 and verse 23. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 13. And by the help of the Lord, I'd like to speak to you something that the Lord woke me up about, about a month ago and specifically asked me to say these things here or just begin to deal with me, and I, I personally have never, it's not how I would typically open up a, a youth service. It's not how I would typically become acquainted with a congregation to speak some things like this. But he, he, he laid some things on my heart about a month ago to speak tonight on the cry for help, the cry for help. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his thorns, by, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23. 
Amen. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23. And it came to pass that in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham. And it's a very powerful thing when God goes to remembering his promises. When God goes to remembering his promises, something is laying there in store for his children. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Chapter 3, verse 1, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and Moses, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people. Can we say that together? I've seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of the taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large and a land flowing with milk and honey under the place place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold the cry of the children of Israel, is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. May God bless his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As we said, we'd like to speak to you just for a few minutes tonight on the cry for help. And we realize tonight that we are serving A God who is a very caring God, a God that knows all things, he understands all things. And we recognize that that by the teachings of the Bible that our God is an omniscient God. And him being omniscient, we recognize that he is omnipresent. He knows all things, he understands all things, he sees all things. There is nothing that is happening that our Lord Jesus Christ doesn't already know or have in his control. And this conference that we've just read about here in Exodus chapter 2, who came from a time when when God was speaking to Abraham and he told him that I am going to watch over your seed and your seed is going to sojourn in a strange land. They're going to be there for 400 years and he recognizes that, that, that there in this moment that before Moses ever got on the scene that God had already made a way of escape out for the children of God before they ever got in the midst of trouble. And I think it's a wonderful thing tonight that before we ever got our 
ourselves in the mess that we got ourselves in, that God has already pre-planned a way to get us out of the chaos of life that we sometimes get ourselves into. And it's a wonderful thing to know that the God that you're serving is already working everything for the good to them that love God. And we recognize that, that when Moses was in this spot that he was in, that he was serving a God that would never leave him and never forsake him. And I say this tonight, that tonight we're not serving a different God that Moses was serving, but we're serving the same exact God tonight that can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. And tonight we recognize that his eyes run to and fro. And I know as young people that there are certain things in your life that you face in and there's certain calamities of life and things or anxieties of life that you're going through, but there is nothing that our Lord Jesus Christ can't help you out with tonight. Can you say amen tonight that God is able to get me out of the chaos that I am in? And we recognize that very, very familiar to the word of the three Hebrew children that God didn't send somebody else down there to get them out when they were in need of help, that God himself came down there and he showed up. Now the Bible said in Psalms 18 and 6 that in my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even unto his ear. So David found him that in his midst of his distress and in the midst of his danger, he called upon God and he found out that God was ready to help him. In Psalms 34 and 15, it says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are up open under their cry. Psalms 139 and 4, it says that there, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascended to the heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. So what was David finding out? He was finding out that he was serving the God that is known as Jehovah Shammah, that the Lord is there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. So there is showing to you as young people, there is nowhere that you can run to that our God isn't already there. And to think that tonight before you got in the trap of sin and before you got in your sickness and before you got in your pain, God heard you and he saw you where you are. Psalms 107 and 6 says, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. So you see, there is a spot in life, and I understand that you can go over in Exodus 14 when God is having a conversation with Moses, and he says, Why cry? Speak. But there are times in your life that you just have to have a cry session. There's some times in your life that you are in the midst of distress and you need to be able to roll upon the billows, roll upon the bosom of Abraham's father, upon Almighty God, and lay your head over on El Shaddai and nurse from El Shaddai. But Brother Bosworth told us, he told us that the baby that cries the loudest is the one that gets the most attention. And Brother Branham says, so I think it pays us to cry a little bit once in a while. 
you recognize that immediately in the Bible that the Bible tells us about a woman that was a persistent widow that was constantly knocking upon the unjust judge's door, laying there and telling him to avenge me of my adversary. But tonight you are not a widow. You have a, you have a faithful husband that is willing to help you out of any chaos of life that you are in. But we recognize going back to our text tonight that God had a time that he was going to fulfill his word. He promised to Abraham and his seed that his seed was going to sojourn in a strange land. I don't know if that's all right to put it there, but I'm gonna put it there. But he promised that Abraham that his seed was going to sojourn in a strange land for a long time, for 400 years. But he was going to bring them out of it when the time of the promise drew nigh. And it's a wonderful thing to know that God has a perfect time that he's going to do things. And I want you to know that you're in the time of that now. So God raised up a boy by the name of Moses and Moses was born for a specific purpose. You know, Moses had never heard of the voice of God. He'd just been told about it by his mama and the daddy and the teachers of that day that such and such was coming, that God was going to send a deliverer. And he said, and his mama would tell him, says, son, I believe that you are the one. And Moses didn't necessarily know it for sure, but he was laying upon the experience of his mother or his father and I believe that's the problem with so many children today or young people is that they're relying upon their mother or their father's experiences and they've never had an experience with a pillar of fire for themselves but I want you to know young people that that same pillar of fire that Moses met is in the building tonight so that you can have a conference with him say that you've met him for yourself it's not just for brother Joe it's not just for brother Rob it's not just for brother Joe it's for everyone here tonight so Moses knew that God, he knew God by intellects. He understood him by intellects. But there was something that was placed on the inside of Moses, that seed that was born in him, it was laying there in his heart. And even though he tried with an intellectual experience with the word to bring them out, to deliver them, because he knowed that he was born for that promise or for that purpose. And I want you to know that all the schools of our theology and all the intellects can never be able to improduce or never produce that power to get you out of the mess that you're in. But the God that met Moses in a burning bush has the ability to get you out. You see, Israel needed deliverance, but Moses couldn't do it on his own. You need help, but you can't do it on your own. You know you've tried, but you can't do it on your own. But there is a faithful father. Hallelujah. They couldn't be delivered upon their own intellectual conceptions. They needed a deliverer and they needed somebody that had met a mighty angel. That's why we needed more than just a school theology to get us out of the chaos that we were in. That's why we needed a prophet messenger that had personally met the mighty angel for himself. You see, Moses had that great call upon his life and he was basing it upon all that he knew until one day he found out that it was for him. You see what it was? All of the intellects was laying there, but then the anointing came upon his intellects and it anointed what he had on the inside of him. So you see, your intellects are all right as long as the anointing comes upon it. But your intellects, as long as it ain't got no anointing on it, it ain't worth nothing more than a piece of paper. Hallelujah. But you recognize that tonight that William Branham told us that the pillar of fire has what you lack. 
So that pillar of fire come whirling out of heaven, come whirling out of heaven and came down upon that bush, dropped out of heaven, came down upon that bush. What was it? It was God. He was attracting the attention of his prophet to show him that it was time for their attention to be drawn to Israel, that their eyes needed not to be upon Egypt, but their eyes needed to be upon God and his promise. To be honest, young people, we sometimes we get into a spot when we focus ourselves so much upon the problems that we're facing and the current world crisis or the demographic that we're in and the thermometer of the world that we're in. But God is doing these things. He's showing the supernatural. He's showing us the supernatural to get our attention upon him. You see, if the pillar of fire would show up in this building tonight, and I believe that it's here, it is only doing that to get your attention. You see, Brother Branham said that he was simply trying to attract the attention of Moses. He said, and you know, he said, how today the church is in bondage of sickness. And he said, the church is crying and been crying for years for deliverance. You see, and the devil will try to tell you that there is no help for you and there is no relief for you, that there's no way out of your problem. But I want to assure to you, young people tonight, that the devil would like to implant in your mind that, that, that you are his and there's no way out of your problem and that he's got a claim on you. But I want to tell you that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. Because the Bible tells us that you are of God, little children, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, if there's a spirit that is a spirit of fear that is afflicting your life, God didn't put that on you. If it's a spirit of chaos or a spirit of unsettledness or a spirit of bitterness, God didn't put that upon you. You know, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 1 and 7 that God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God wants you here tonight in a sound mind upon his word. The Bible says in Psalms 82 and 6 that you are God's and all of you are the children of the Most High God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a child of the Most High God. But Satan would like to whisper in your ear over and over again that you're his. And there's no way out of the crisis that you're in. But I want to tell you by the word of God that there is a way when there seems to be no way. You know what it's like to be in a spot when you need help. When you need help and you can't get yourself out of it. You need somebody bigger than yourself to get you out of it. You know that the devil would lie to you over and over and over again. And I find that a lot of times young people have a better opportunity to quote Satan's lie, what he said about them, than what they're quoting about God's word. Now we know that, that, that there's over 8,800 promises in the Bible. And I want you to know that over 8,800 times God never lied. But nine times in the Bible, the devil made promises. And I want you to know that the devil never kept any of his promises. The devil, if he's whispering in your ear, it's a lie. If he's telling you you're not good enough, it's a lie. If he tells you that healing isn't coming for you, it's a lie. If he's telling you that you can't get out of your trouble, it's a lie. If he tells you you're not good enough, it's a lie. If he tells you you're not qualified, it's a lie. If he tells you you're not elect, it's a lie. I'll tell you what kind of person I am. I'm a positive and a negative kind of person. So if the devil is telling me that I'm not good enough, that means I am good enough. If he tells me there is no help for me, that means there is help for me. 
If he tells me I can't get out of my crisis, that means I'm already out. Young people, I don't care where you are. I don't care what family you came out of. I don't care what problem you're going through. There is nothing too big. There is nothing too big for my God. I've watched for the past three years my father facing brain cancer and lung cancer. And I have witnessed the power of the Holy Spirit that my God is greater than cancer. My God's bigger than brain bleeds. My God's bigger than sugar diabetes. You see, remember the story when Brother Branham would talk about that man that came to Lincoln that he came up there that his friend had been put in prison for something that he didn't mean to do. And he got himself in jail and he got himself before the firing squad. But there was a faithful friend that went to the president of the land and he, and he was talking to him. He said, look, Mr. President, you have the power to release him or you have the power to kill him. And he gave him the pardon. But the man went back to the prison cell. He went back there, gave him the piece of slip that Abraham Lincoln signed. But what did the man do in the prison cell? He refused the pardon. There's a way out of your chaos. There's a way out of your situation. There's a way out of your depression. There's a way out of it. But you've got to accept what God has put before you. You see, a pardon is only a pardon if you accept it as a pardon. You see, he had the power to release him. And there is one in the building right now that has the power to release you from every chain of every complex, of every sickness. When you cry yourself to sleep, he heard you. When you are asking for a breakthrough, he heard you. When you are asking for the Holy Ghost, he heard you. When you thought you weren't good enough, he heard you. Don't you listen to the devil's lie. Because Brother Branham told us in a church age book, he said to listen or believe the devil's lie is to serve Satan. Don't listen to his lie. It don't matter whether you hear me now or whether you hear this 10 years from now. Don't listen to the devil's lie. You were never his child. Hell was not made for you. Hell was built for him and his angels. But you're not a child of Satan. You're the child of the most high God. You see, you see, I understand what the battles that you go through as young people. I'm not too, I'm 35 years old. My wife told me when I turned 30 that I had to finally grow up. I turned her down. I understand what it's like facing the pressures of the age that you're in. And I'm about 17 years past graduation and we recognize that every generation gets 10,000 or 10 times worse. So I can't even imagine what you're facing in the world that you're in. But I want to turn your eyes upon the word of God. You've not been given a vision to look at upon the world and see things as though they are not. You've been given an eagle eye vision to be able to look at the word of God and see the word of God as your preeminence in this life. 
You see, you see, Brother Branham preached a very powerful message on the message look. And if you go in there, Brother Branham starts talking about those binoculars, how that you've got to learn to focus those binoculars. He said at one time, he said, somebody was telling me to look out there at those lions or, or those antelopes. And he said, I was looking out there. And he said, I seen three. He said, but I knew it was one. He said, but what I had to do, he said, I had to focus it down. I had to get my vision correct with what was out there. And a lot of times, Satan will try to blur up your vision to get you construed, misconstrued on what you are to be seeing. You're not supposed to be seeing three gods. You're supposed to be seeing one God. You're not supposed to be looking at something as seeing that you can't get out of it. I want to say this to you. There is nothing too big for my God. Erica Parker's situation is not big enough to roll God's eyes and say, well, I just ain't got enough power to do it. He's got enough power to do it. And I happen to believe that he's more than able to do it because I've got my eyes turned. The other day I, the other day I was getting out of the shower and I put my glasses on and I thought, dear Lord, I'm going blind. I couldn't see anything. Everything was blurry. I thought, I can't read nothing. Something's going on. But the big dummy right here forgot I had my contacts in. So everything was double blurred. I couldn't see things. I wasn't focusing right. And if you've got a filter over top of the Word of God, you won't be able to see the Word of God correctly. You see, Moses had got to a spot that he had to turn his focus away from what Pharaoh was telling him. Pharaoh had the ability. They looked out the same window. Pharaoh only seen slaves and mud daubers. But Moses looked out there and he seen children of the promise. What did he do? He focused himself away from the lust of the world and the pride of the life and the beauty and the power of Egypt. And he had those potentials laying on the inside of him. Pharaoh didn't have those potentials there, but Moses had the potentials to be able to focus it down to see what God was seeing. You ever looked at a problem and you looked at it in your eyes and then you turned it and looked it from God's point of view? If you look at it from your eyes, you're always going to see, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not able to get it. I, I, I'm not going to be able to have my breakthrough like this person had their breakthrough. But if you look at it in the word of God, you'll be able to see that it's for every one of you. That whosoever the world, the Lord will call, it's for you. So Moses simply, he turned and he refused to see. He refused to focus on the things of the world. What was Moses doing? He was taking his faith in the word of God. And that's what faith is. It's designed to see what God wills and God wants. You see, that's what your faith will do here tonight. It's designed to see what God wants for you. And the faith that is in you will focus you right to the word of God. I can't imagine 400 years walking past Joseph's bones. Being beat, being whipped. But I got a promise laying right here that we're coming out of here. I can't imagine a young people saying it's not for me when we've got the word laying right here. I can't imagine what it was like to be beat day in and day out making bricks for somebody else. 
But God had a promise. You're coming out of here. It might look like you are never going to get out of the spot that you are in. But remember when the prophet was up there on Hurricane Mountain and he thought he was good enough to get himself out of the mess that he got himself in. He thought, I've got it in my nature. I can get out of here. But it finally got to a spot when he was on that Indian death walk that he realized that he didn't have the ability to get back down the mountain to where his, what he truly loved, his wife and his son down there. He didn't have the human abilities to get himself down off of that mountain and go back there. But he heard these words of Psalms 46 that God is our refuge, a very present help in a time of trouble. And you remember the story when William Branham's up there and he sees there's a hand that touches him, lays his hand on his shoulder and tells him, look back there. And he sees the point that he needs to be walking. But what was he doing? He had his hands up looking for a lifeline, looking for that line that he'd put up those years before. Let me tell you, young people, keep your hand up. Lift up those hands that once hung low. Hallelujah. Lift up those hands. Keep your hands up. Brother Branham said one time I thought I grabbed it, thought I grabbed it, and I, I began to shout about it. He said, but I found out it was just a twig or a branch. But he kept his hands up. And finally, when his hands struck it, it was a sure fact that he was going to the spot that he loved. And if you can find your name in the Word of God, you're going. You're not staying on that mountain. You've circled the mountain long enough. You've been in depression long enough. You've been in anxiety long enough. You've listened to the world long enough. Get your hands up. Get your hands up. God's heard your cry. He's heard your cry. When Zacharias was a priest and he walked into the house of God, time after time he walked in there and he was offering incense when him and his wife had prayed year after year about having a baby. But finally one day he walked into the house of God when he was offering incense unto the Lord and Gabriel said these words, I have heard your prayer. I have heard your prayer. And William Branham told us, he said, if you want an angel appear to you, get your life right, get your heart right. He said, and God will hear your prayer and the angels will come if you've got the right atmosphere. I'm on my own in this journey. No, you're not. Look at these brothers. They would not have had this meeting if it was just for themselves. They had it for you. You are not alone. You're not in the midst of a trial all alone. There is one that sticketh closer than a brother. Brother Branham said, just walk unconscious of fear. He said, walk unconscious of criticism. Walk unconscious under the world. Walk as you walk in Christ. Walk with him, not paying any attention to the right hand or the left. He said, just keep moving on. Something comes up in the church, walk with God. Hallelujah. If sickness strikes, you walk with God. If the neighbor don't like you, walk with God. Just keep on walking with God. He said, Enoch one day walked like that. You know what he'd done? He walked all the way home. He walked with God so far up the road, he didn't want to come back anymore. Walk with God. Doctor says you're going to die. Walk with God. Doctor says you can't. Walk with God. Just walk with God. That's all for God has promised you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you. Under the end of the world, he took an oath by the covenant that he'd give you that he would confirm it. Just walk with God. You're going to have your ups and downs. Don't you worry. You go to the through, you're going to go through briar patches and over soft rocks, over bluffs, down over the hillsides, up to the mountains, over waters. 
but walk with God. What am I supposed to do, Brother Andrew? Walk with God. Just walk with God. When Abraham was up on Mount Moriah and he was up there with his Isaac, what was he doing? He was walking with God. Surely if he can trust him in his 100-year age to make him new again, surely he can give him Isaac back again. And when Isaac and Abraham was found faithful, God provided for them a sacrifice to get themselves out. But Abraham didn't have some intellectual faith. He had a genuine faith. He'd already seen what God could do. I've already seen God feel young people with the Holy Ghost. So I know he's going to do it again this weekend. I've already seen our God deliver young girls out of all kinds of chaos of spirits. So I know he'll do it again this weekend. I already know that God heals the sick. So I know he'll do it again this weekend. I know God listens to his promises and he remembers them and he casts out the devil so I know he'll do it again this weekend. You don't have an intellectual faith or you wouldn't be in the building. You know what intellectual faith is? I'll tell you what it is. It's a discounted faith. It's a faith that only gets you so far and you don't want discounted faith. You want the real genuine faith. You feel the atmosphere in the room, don't you? You recognize it. It's been set by your worship and by you, amen, and the word of God. But there's coming a time on Monday morning when you don't feel this atmosphere. And you're gonna have to walk with God. You better hope that you have a genuine faith because an intellectual faith will let you down. Intellectual faith is like buying something down at the Dollar Tree. You know good and well it's gonna let you down at some time. Ain't that right? You buy yourself you buy yourself a car at the Dollar Tree, it's going to leave you on the road sitting somewhere. But if you find, better be careful here, but if you find yourself a real genuine Ford at the Ford dealership, he won't leave you hanging. I know they say that it's found on the roadside sitting dead, but if you buy it down at the Dollar Tree, it's going to leave you sitting somewhere. Hey, if the prophet had a Ford, I guess it's all right for me to have a Ford. Sorry for you Chevrolet friends. I guess you got your own heartbeat. Oh, help me, Jesus. A genuine faith ain't gonna let you down. But an intellectual faith will let you down. You see, if, if Abraham was dealing with intellectual faith, he would have got up there. Brother Branham said he would have got up there and that intellectual faith would have went to work and Satan would have said, now what's Sarah gonna say about this? If you commit Isaac to that altar, and you slay him, what's Sarah gonna say about this? But he didn't listen to his intellectual faith. He listened to what God said. And when he listened to what God said, God provided his way out. Let me tell you, young people, God has already provided on the cross 2,000 years ago a way for you to go free, a way to get out of depression, a way to get out of suicide, a way to get out of your chaos. remember when William Branham you remember when William Branham is in his early ministry and he has a vision he has a vision of a sheep caught in a thicket and he, and he kept hearing this, this sheep hollering hollering and crying for help and Brother Branham said I was going through those briar patches trying to find my way Find my way to it. And he said, I heard that sheep buying, buying for it. And he said, I finally found it. And he said, when I got there, 
It was crying Milltown. Milltown. Brother Branham didn't know anything about Milltown or of where it was or anything about it, so he presented it to his church, and he went up there, went up to Milltown, and you know that Brother Branham was holding a revival up there, just trying to find where, where the will of the Lord was, and he began to hold a revival and those things, and he, he's up there, and he's just he's preaching away. And while he's preaching there, they begin to tell him that there's a little girl by the name of Georgie Carter that had been laying in the bed for nine years, Nine years and so many days dealing with tuberculosis all over throughout her body. And there, Brother Random goes up and he begins to pray for her, begins to go up there and see her. And she said, I heard your story. Or I heard the story about the nailed little girl. I heard that story. You see, faith comes by hearing. And she said, well, Brother Branham, let, let, have a vision for me. Do the same thing that you did for her. He said, I can't do that. He said, the Lord just did that for her. He said that little nail girl was eat up with arthritis, couldn't hardly move, got up out of the wheelchair, and went back completely normal. Georgie Carter was laying in this condition. And you know the story. You've heard it over and over again. But she was laying there because of a condition where her uncle took and abused the situation. And because of that situation, of him mishandling a situation, he went in there and noticed immediately what happened because of that condition or that emotional uh, thing that happened. Immediately, tuberculosis is attached to her spirit and destroys her body. Georgie Carter is wringing her wrist out upon those bedposts, wringing out in pain. She's ringing out in pain, going through the motions, trying to get help. But she finds faith in a man of God. And said, I, if he could do it for her, the Lord our God can do it for me. Brother Branham said, he just prayed for her and let it go. As it was, he said, I didn't see no vision. That said, but they had been taught by the current denomination that they were under that God didn't do those things no more. I'm afraid that too many times that people have the belief that God doesn't do those things no more. I'm not just talking about natural things of your body, but I believe there's a lot of people that God don't give out the Holy Ghost no more. There's a lot of people that believe that, that, she, that we, shouldn't, we shouldn't preach emotion, that we shouldn't preach all of these things. And they say, well, that's not for our church or, it's, or, or we're past those days. Just preach us the word. I believe that if it's in the word of God, no matter if it's from Genesis to Revelation, then we ought to preach it. If healing is in the body, then we ought to preach it. If there's gifts in the body, then we ought to preach it. If there's a power of the Holy Ghost, you ought to preach it. I had a guy one time tell me, he said, well, all you are is a Holy Ghost preacher. So what else you want me to do? What else you want me to do? That's what I'm here to do this weekend. It's preach the Holy Ghost. I can't get you out of your trouble. I can't help you 10 days from now, but the Holy Ghost can. And something may have happened to you not as bad as Georgia Carter. But all of a sudden, a complex can attach itself to your spirit. And because of it, it eats at your body. It eats at your mind. But God has heard your cry for help, Georgie. He's heard you. He's heard you, little lamb. He's heard you crying. He's heard you weeping. He's heard you asking. Georgie, he's heard you crying. He's heard you in your trial. 
You ain't got some discounted faith. What happened? He worked his way through those briars until he found the lamb. What happened when William Branham was up there praying and seeking the Lord? Them briars were hitting him in his face trying to get him distracted from prayer. But all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord come whirling over top of those mountains and said, go by the way of the corridors. What was about to happen, it was something in the natural that was getting ready to happen. But I believe that it's for the spiritual tonight. You may have been laying in your condition for nine years. Nine years, you may have been laying there. How, long, how much longer are you going to lay there? How much longer are you going to cry yourself to sleep? How much longer are you going to ask for your breakthrough? But we're here to break some barriers down this weekend. We are here to tear down every stronghold that the enemy has tried to attach to you. You know, you know that if that plane, if it can ever get to a spot that it can pass on, pass that sound barrier, that it begins to move into another realm that it's never built before, that it's never been before. And you might struggle after struggle after struggle, but keep struggling. I've been through it over and over again. Go again. Press on. Keep struggling. Keep struggling. Because when you press through that barrier, you're going to fly like you never flew before. It's an unlimited speed when you can break through there. And when you can break through your sin barrier, young people, when you can break through well, necessarily, what is sin? It's unbelief in God's word. I'm not saying you've got certain things in your life, but sin, any type of unbelief, is sin against God's word. If something comes in and you say, well, I don't know, that's immediately where you sinned right there. Why, well, why didn't he do it for this? That's where you sinned right there. It wasn't when you started drinking alcohol. You sinned when you disbelieved God's word. But if you can break past that sin, break past that doubt, break past those things, you're going to break forth in an unlimited revival. Hallelujah. If you can ever get past that sin barrier, if you can ever get past it, can I prophesy? God's going to use these young people. He's going to use the mouth of these young people to break cancer. He's going to use the mouth of these young people to break doubt and break sin and break chains and break circumstance. He's going to use the mouth of these young people. Like the Bible said in Deuteronomy 30 and 14, the word of God is nigh thee even in thy mouth that thou mayst do it. Somebody is going to do what Revelations 10 8 says. Go and take the book and eat the book. There's going to be a young boy or a young girl that rise up and said, I'm sick and tired of the devil winning. If you give up now, you're going to always give up. If you always, you're never going to win a surrender. If you keep surrendering to the devil, you're never going to win the battle. But if you say, I'm here to win, I'm here to press on, I'm here to press the battle, I'm here for the Holy Ghost, I'm here for healing, I'm here for my church, I'm here for my breakthrough. Brother Branham was one time dealing with a lady that had colon trouble. And he said, he said, he said, now you're sitting there wondering, when is it your time? He said, your time is right now. I want to say to you young people, your time is right now. The time is at hand. The time to break through is right now. The time to overcome is right now. Don't 
you go down in defeat. Don't you walk away from this meeting going down in defeat. You are here to win. Because the Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I was born a winner because I was born by the breath of God. I was born an overcomer because God made me what I am. I was born to be a devil destroyer because God made me that way. I was born to be a shouter because God made me that way. I was born to be a dancer because God made me that way. Don't you back off when the devil tells you that you shouldn't do things that way. God made you that way. If God wanted you that way, then you ought to be that way. It's for you. This is your time. Brother Branham told us in the message, power of God, a very powerful message. Man, y'all a good group to preach to. Brother Branham preached a very powerful message in 1955. He preaches, he preaches on the power of the devil, the power of God, and then the power of decision. Very powerful, powerful messages. Go listen to them. And, and Brother Branham says there in the power of God, he said, Satan's power is limited. So he's like a dog on a chain. He can only go so far. He can only go so far. He can only hinder, he can only hinder your walk so far. He can only torment your mind so far. His power is limited. But Brother Branham said directly after that, he said, but faith's power brings to pass God's revealed revelation. So faith says, I'm more than able to do it. I am persuaded that I'm a mighty conqueror. My goodness, y'all, 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 y'all good people to preach to. Y'all enjoy the word of God, don't you? Why are you enjoying it? Because it's your opportunity. It's your chance. Let me tell you, William William Branham had his opportunity. He ran his race, but it's your turn. Brother Branham said that each generation has their opportunity at the fresh word of God. It's our opportunity. Brother Branham said, Brother Branham said in Blessing Prophet, he said, I look out there and I see all of my missed opportunities. And you think, my, I missed my opportunity last Wednesday or last weekend. Let me tell you, if William Branham missed opportunities, you're going to miss opportunities. But the thing is, is to learn from your mistakes. Think about this opportunity that you've been given right now. You don't see it, but there's another world in this room. You don't see it, but there's power that is moving through this room. There's deliverance moving through this room. There's a breakthrough in this room. There's healing in this room. There's relief in this room. It's time you start letting off the pressure. And you find yourself running to a rock that is higher than yourself. You remember when William Branham, and I'm closing. You remember when William Branham, one time he he goes to a spot in a psychiatric ward. And, he, and he's, he's working the room and, he's, and there's all those cases that are laying there. And he, he's, he's just simply saying to the brother that's with him, he said, where do we start at? Where do we start at? And all of these cases, where do we start at? He said there was people sitting there in straight jackets and people that were beating their heads and all, all of these things. He said, where do we start at? And there was, a, there was a little girl that was sitting there 
They said, why don't you start with me? And he said, surely you're not a patient. She said, oh, yes, I am. And she began to tell Brother Branham her story about where things went in her life and how she, how she once was a good girl and how she, how she once was raised right and all of these things. But she got out with the wrong boy one time and it took her down a dark road. You got to watch your friends, young people. Because if your friends aren't leading you to the Lord, they're not your friends. If your friends aren't bringing you closer to an atmosphere like you feel tonight, then you need to ditch your friends. God will give you new ones. <laughs> you know, that was one thing that I, I wondered about when I, when I gave my heart to the Lord. How in the world am I going to get rid of them old friends? Let me tell you, I didn't have no problem getting rid of them. They got rid of me. They didn't want to hear about the message. They didn't want to hear about the gospel. They wanted their own things. I didn't have to worry about getting rid of them. They got rid of me. <laughs> but this girl, she was raised in a right home, did right things, but she got around the wrong crowd one time. You know, Brother Branham said that's what happened to Legion. He got out and he started playing cards with the wrong people. Had a nice family. Had, had about three or four different children back home. And the devil took him and put him in a cave. Chained him up there. Put him under chains of circumstance. And every time he'd start to come back to his right mind, he'd start beating himself again. It's so easy to get under the enticements of the devil. He's only wanting you to smoke one cigarette or take one drink or listen to the wrong piece of rock and roll one time and he's got you. And then all of a sudden he's going to call and make you feel like you're not good enough. As soon as you do it, he's going to make you feel like you're not worthy enough for this gospel. And this girl starts telling Brother Branham her story of where she went. She went from this house. She, she went to this association. She went to this church. She went, from, she went from the Protestant church to the Catholic church. She went from here and went to there. And I, I'd start to come to myself and finally I, I ended up here. I ended up in this condition. I was a good girl. Let me tell you young people, I grew up in one of the greatest homes that you ever could have been reared in. But I still needed to meet the God of this Bible. Listen to the prophet every day, Brother McGrady. I listened to it. I heard it every day. It wasn't because my daddy didn't do the right things in front of me. I was born a sinner and I was shaped in iniquity. I came to this world speaking lies and I needed my own experience. But something on the inside of me was crying for help. And one day... I found him walking on the streets. I dropped and surrendered my life to the Lord and I never went back to that world no more. It don't have to be in church, but it's a fine place to get it. It don't have to be necessarily around believers, but it's a fine place to get it. I got it on the streets in Canada. So if you can get it in the streets, you can surely get in a church building. You can surely find the God of Abraham right here tonight. The God of Moses is in this room. Won't you say, start with me, Lord. Start with me, Lord. And she began to pray. She said, why don't you pray while I go around to these other ones? And you think, well, the Lord seems like he's dealing here. And he starts working the room somewhere else. And this girl is over there. And she comes, when Brother Branham comes back to her, said, he said, now look. She said, 
I believe I'm going to go out there and I'm sure going to try. He said, no, you've done that before. A lot of times people get the idea of just going to the altar and that's good enough. But you've been here before. But it's time to go past that. I'm a believer in altar calls. I'm a believer in it. But the experience of this altar has got to get you out of the chaos that you're in. It's more than a preacher's hands. It's more than a preacher's words. But there is a power. I believe that tonight that we're setting before the greatest power that there is, the bride of Jesus Christ. And she'd been here before. She'd been at this spot before. She prayed through before. And she tried before. But it failed her. But finally when she got down, Brother Brandon began to talk to her. He began to talk to her. He said, don't you, don't you ever want to be married? She said, what could I offer? What could I offer to a husband? He said, you can offer your soul to Jesus Christ. He said, I love this. He said, he can take you back to your innocency. He can take you back before you did the wrong. He said he has the ability to take you back to your virgency. He said the blood is sufficient. This girl had tried everything else. She looked at everything else. She tried religion. She tried church, but it didn't help her. But what she needed was an experience. And finally she got down there. When Brother Brennan prayed with her, finally there came a breakthrough. Finally there came what she was asking for. I want you to know that what you've been crying for is in the room. What you've been asking for is in this room. Your breakthrough is in this room. Don't you limit God tonight, but let the the chains off. Take the limits off. Focus your eyes to the word of God. Say, God, I'm here for you. I know you're here for me. I know you want my life. I know you want my spirit. I know you want my soul. God, start with me. Start with me. Won't you let God take you back to the place before you ever did wrong? He said, well, I'm going to need, I'm going to need some scripture for that. I want to tell you that God knows how back, how to roll back the time in your life. When Hezekiah was in his condition and he began to cry out and begin to turn his face towards the wall and begin to plead before God and the prophet told him to prepare to die, the prophet had to come back because of his prayer. And Hezekiah asked for a sign and God rolled back the sundial upon his He turned back the time. It's a sign to you young people before you ever got in your trouble, before you got into sickness, our God has the ability to restore and roll back the time. You say, well, you don't know my story. I don't need to know your story. I know his story. And his blood is sufficient. His Holy Ghost has the ability to roll back scars and complexes and sickness and chains. The blood is more than able. Let the musicians come. Why don't you have your fresh chance at the word of God?
Won't you have your opportunity right now where you are? Won't you say, God, I'm not leaving here the same way I came in here. Lazarus was in a worse condition than any of you. That right? He in a bad condition. I'll be honest, I didn't walk in here tonight. The first thing I seen was a bunch of corpses. I didn't come to preach to the living dead tonight. I didn't see no corpses here. Lazarus was in a bad spot. But his sister said these powerful words, even now, Lord. Even now. You know what Lazarus' name means? Without help. Without help from Jesus, he wasn't getting out of that tomb. Without help, he wasn't coming out from where he was. He was enjoying life where he was. But because the helper was in the room. You might be without help, but our Lord is here to meet your every need. You know, you know that song, It's Your Breath in Our Lungs. Great are you, Lord. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's do key F. You give life, you give hope, you bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Oh, great are you, Lord. Give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken, and great are you, Lord. It's your breath. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only, Lord. You give life, you give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope restore every heart that is broken and great are you Lord it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath in our your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise 
pour out our praise at your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. And all the earth. Oh, and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing that great are you lord and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing that great are you shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing that great are you Lord it's your breath it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we clean heart oh God and renew a right spirit within me cast me not away from thy presence oh not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew thy spirit within me. Say like David said, create in me. Oh, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me, oh create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit. Cast me not, oh, cast me not away from thy presence, Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy. 
joy of thy salvation and renew our spirit one time I was I was at a meeting quite like this I was at a meeting quite like this, and there was, a, there was a young sister that come up to me. She, she began to pour out her heart where some things were in her current life that she was in. And the Spirit of the Lord dropped in my heart to say these words. You've not lost your salvation, sis. You've just lost the joy of it. And when I, when I spoke those words, sometimes you say things you don't even realize what you're saying. When I spoke those words, it had the ability to set her free. She took off running and laughing in the spirit because she recognized she hadn't lost her salvation. She just lost the joy of it. And a lot of times this world has a way of crippling our faith to steal our joy. You ain't lost your salvation. You just lost the joy of it. If I was you, I'd say, God, I'm coming back to get my joy back. I'm coming to get everything that the devil stole from me back from it. This weekend, this opportunity, I come to get back what the Lord was rightfully given to me. You got the receipt to get yourself out. He paid it for you at Calvary. God richly bless you. You Go ahead, brother. Amen. You love the Lord tonight. God bless you. I appreciate that word tonight. Are you glad he heard your cry for help? This joy that I have, you know the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have, you know the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have, you know the world didn't give it to me. Take it away. Oh, this peace that I have, you know the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this peace that I have, you know the world didn't give it to me. time God yes he is oh he's an on time God yes he is well he may not come when you want him to but he'll be there right on time oh he's an on time God yes he is 
You can ask the children of Israel to wrap at the Red Sea. By that mean old Pharaoh and his army, they had water all around them, and Pharaoh on their track from out of nowhere. God stepped in and cut a highway just like that. Let me tell you, he's an on time God, yes, he is. The five thousand hungry souls he fed on the banks of that river with two fish and five loaves of bread. What a miracle he performed for the multitude. And what he did way back then he'll do today for me and you. An on time God, yes, He is. Oh, He's an on time God, yes, He is. Oh, well, it may not come when you want Him to, but it'll be there right on time. He's an on time God, yes, He is. sing a little bit tonight I'm so glad that the Lord he brought me out well I'm so glad that the Lord brought me out well if it had not been for Jesus where would I be I'm so glad that the Lord he brought me out well I've been singing since the Lord he brought me out well I've been singing since the Lord he brought me out If it had not been for Jesus Where would I be? I've been singing since the Lord He brought me out Well, I've been shouting since the Lord He brought me out Well, I've been shouting since the Lord He brought me out Well, if it had not been for Jesus Where would I be? Shouting since the Lord He brought me out. Well, I'm so glad that the Lord He brought me out. I'm so glad that the Lord He brought me out. Well, if it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? I'm so glad that the Lord He brought me out. Well, I've been happy since the Lord He brought me out. Well, I've been happy since the Lord He brought me out. Well, if it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? I've been happy since the Lord He brought me. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I've been free since the Lord brought me out. 
I've been free since the Lord he brought me out. If it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? I've been free since the Lord he brought me out. Well, I've been shouting since the Lord he brought me out. I've been shouting since the Lord he brought me out. been shouting since the Lord he brought me out. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Say thank you Jesus. I bless you. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Love is mine. Love is mine. Love today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Love today is mine. This morning, got down on my knees, prayed to the Lord to help me, please. I got down on my knees, I said, Lord, help me, please. I got up singing and shouting, victory. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Satan, get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Joy is mine. Joy is mine. Joy today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind. Joy today is mine. tonight. Amen. Amen. That was wonderful. A cry for help. I was thinking when he was sitting there preaching, sometimes Satan's going to make you look like you've got something in your life that, that God can't deal with, that God can't touch. You've just, you've got that one thing. God can do all things except whatever it is you have. Job thought that one time. Job thought that. Now, it's what we was talking in the upper room uh, last week. Was you know, Job said, "God, you you know, all the, the flowers die, the grass dies, everything around me dies, but it comes spring, it comes back. But when I die, you know, Job thought, what was me? This is one thing that God can't do. He can't deliver me. He can't bring me back, and I'm dying." And Brother Branham said, "I loved it when he talked about them binoculars, Brother Andrew. He said God gave him God's binoculars. He said he looked." He saw Calvary, 4,000 years ahead. And where was Job when he said, I know he is God and he can do all things. Job was still an ash heap. Job still had boils. 
Job had no more friends. He still had no children. He had no more possessions. He still had a wife that doubted him. He still had all that stuff, but he said, I know he is God and he can do all things. So no matter what your, your situation is, we've got about a hundred here. So we've probably got a hundred different situations. He's still God. You don't, you don't have, you might be in the middle of your ash heap. You might've just started your ash heap. You might be on it for a year like Job, but through that year, God will still be God. He'll never change. What was God doing to Job? He was showing Satan how perfect he was. So if you're going through a trial, you're going through something in your life, God might be proving something to somebody that when you come victorious on, their, on the other side, you'll know why God brought you through that. If you have a need here tonight, don't, 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 don't walk out here carrying in what you carried out what you carried in. Brother Andrew's here. He'll lay hands and pray for you. we got Brother Joel, Brother John, Brother Rob. We'll pray for you. If, you, if you've got a need, we'll pray for you. Don't, I, I urge you, do not walk out them doors carrying baggage that's not yours. If Satan gave it to you and you carried it in here, let's send it back to hell tonight. That's where it came from. That's where Brother Branham said, that's where, where, where Christ took it. When, G, when God hung him on the cross. He took it to hell. He took your sins to hell. He took your sickness to hell. He took your fear, your anxiety, your depression. He took it to hell. And Satan keeps trying to hand it back. Let's hand it back to him tonight. So if you got a need, I'm going to have Brother, uh, Brother Jesse sing this song. My, my son picks at me all the time because I, I have him sing this song. I wasn't that loved, so I love this song. And Jesse does a wonderful job on it. So if you got a need, we'll, uh, we'll pray for you. We like to pray. God bless y'all. Let's see. Wasn't that love how he left his home above to die on Calvary? Just to save someone like me And every day I'm still amazed There's only one thing left to say Wasn't that love Wasn't that love In the town of Bethlehem God came down to visit man Wasn't that love wasn't that love? He knew pain and loneliness as he wore that robe of flesh. Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? How he left his home above to die on save someone like me and every day I'm still amazed there's only one thing left to say wasn't that love wasn't that love 
lay there in that tomb He did just what he came to do Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? But he rose up from the grave So I could rise up today Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? How he left his home above To die on Calvary Just to save someone like me And every day I'm still amazed There's only one thing wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? As he stood in Pilate's hall, he never said a word at all. Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? He heard the mob yell, crucify. But he knew that he came to die Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? How he left his home above To die on Calvary Just to save someone like me And every day I'm still there's only one thing left to say Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? And every day I'm still amazed There's only one thing left to say Wasn't that love? Wasn't that love? It's me again. There's food over there. So, not we don't mean steak and potatoes, nothing like that. Maybe snacks or sandwich or something. So you are welcome to go over there and get you something to eat in fellowship. Remember, if you don't want the wrath of Sister Sarah Weber, do not take drink, food, into the courts outside the cafe or in the vestibule. She will find you, I promise. One way or the other, she will find you. So, as they continue singing that song, you are dismissed. God bless you. So we get prepared to go. We're going to sing our God is Tremendous. <clears throat> when I'm in trouble, I call on the Lord. And He hears me, and He helps me. He is faithful and true. He won't forget his own. My refuge, my best friend, the only true God. There's no one greater, a wonderful Savior. Jesus, the Lion of Judah. Our God is tremendous. His strength never faileth. He go through the fire just to save a sinner. He is almighty and he is his angels that guide me. There's no 
you're so too powerful our god cannot handle our god is simplicity revealed in you and me came down from his glory and gave us a victory the greatest love story our god is tremendous God is tremendous his strength never failing he'll go through the fire just to save a sinner as he is almighty he sends his angels to guide me there's no storm too powerful our god cannot handle our god is simplicity revealed in you and me came down from his glory and gave us a victory the greatest of story Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that was said this evening, Lord, and the spiritual food, and we pray now for the natural food that we would partake of, that you would just bless it, and we thank you, Lord, for the hands that prepared it. Pray that you'd go with each one this evening, in Jesus' name, amen. And his strength never faileth, he go through the fire just to save a sinner, yes, he is almighty, he sends his angels to guide me.